0: So, what is it? So, what is it? So, what
1: is it? The
2: Red Wolf Podcast!
0: Good evening, everyone. Welcome to another episode of What's My Fruit? What's my fruit? Obviously, it's so what is it? A red dwarf podcast, a red dwarf podcast. Beautiful. I mean, here we are, the start of series four. Oh, my goodness, it's so exciting! I'm so excited. Um, I can tell by your faces that you are excited too, gents, aren't you? Matt, are you excited? I'm always excited. (laughs) Well, if you listen back to some of our old episodes, I'm not sure that is true, but.
1: Matty, are you excited? I'm very excited. Thank
3: you very much.
0: Good, good. Dan, I've got a question for you.
3: Yeah. Are you excited? Giddy with it, mate. Giddy with it.
0: Now, Camille, um, a nice start to series four. I think some classic moments. Um, maybe a couple of things that didn't quite hit the mark, but I think a very good episode overall is my general impression and a good start to series four. Who wants to kick off? Who wants to kick off? Matty, go on, kick off. You're a noob. <laughs>
1: off um no do you know I, I really i really enjoyed the episode um like you said there were a few things that didn't work in there there were a few negative points but there was a lot more positive than negative on this one
0: yeah and dan this was um this was i remember going right back to episode one and i was so desperately wanting to go SME <laughs> <laughs> and i've been holding back until this episode every time Uh-oh. we said the word smeg just wanted to go smee. <laughs> it
3: was one of those bits, wasn't it? If you watched it way back when, then uh, it was one of the bits that stuck with you. And yeah, it was it was, it was lovely to see. Finally,
0: I mean, that's Crichton's fish, isn't it? Really,
2: <laughs> I think so. Yeah. I think it
0: must be. And yeah.
2: this is this is one episode I definitely know that I did watch back in the day because I remember the smee and everyone saying it to each other at school in that. Way and the teachers just looking like we all need you know to be carted off somewhere and shot. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so at the very least, if if nothing else, this episode has got that moment, which which I would rank as one of the great Red Dwarf scenes. Personally, I, I think it's mm. a, a an excellent moment. I mean, again, Matty, it's your first time seeing it, I presume. I know you've been sort of yeah. seeing bits and pieces here and there. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is one of the more famous ones. Did you ever come across that before?
1: No, no, I ain't come across that, but I, I, I was laughing very much out loud over that scene.
0: <laughs> so it's probably a good place to start with Crichton. Um, yeah, I mean, Crichton has definitely gone up a level from Series 3 already. When we were talking in Series 3 about some of his episodes being a bit of a dog's body and servicing the plot and explaining stuff. Here, he's a, a lot of the bulk of the, the comedy, really. Very much so,
1: and I think he like, he did carry off very well. It was well; it's very obvious that he's kind of settled into his character now. But it just felt like he had up to level. It was like he had up to level in the actual character itself. There was a lot more character progression, I think, with him. And uh, yeah, no, I really enjoyed it. And like I said, the smee, but really, that just that got me. <laughs> he's a smee.
0: I mean, Matt, Matt, I, I imagine that you got exhausted this week writing down bits and bobs. There were some long old quotes that you might have wanted to remember. In fact, <laughs> I was writing out some notes. I thought I, I won't write that down because Matt's probably got writers cramped trying to get it all in.
2: Yeah, yeah. You know, I can't just write like one word because I, I won't know what it refers to. But yes, I did, I did like the um, fingers up at um, Star Trek this week, which was quite amusing with watching the... Tales of the Riverbank, the next generation. And it's it's not as good as the original. Uh, they can never replace Hammy the Hamster. <laughs> now, question. Matty, do you know what? Um, have you ever heard of Tales of the Riverbank?
1: Um, I have not, no.
2: I don't
0: it's know. It's funny because where... you look like one of the characters.
2: No, <laughs> Ooh,
0: no idea how to take milk? that.
1: I'm Google of milk,
2: it. Mr. Maisie. Um... <laughs> It was basically um, kind of like Wind in the Willows, but with real animals. And they used to like put guinea pigs in like little boats, and you oh. know they'll give like kind of you know hamsters a little parasol and stuff like that. And oh. I don't know if it would technically be done this th- th- uh, these days cause mm. people would think it was it was quite cruel, you know, watching you know trying to make a. I don't know, small me rodent to row a little boat or whatever. Not that like that was gonna, ever going to happen. But um, <laughs> mm. it, I can just about remember it. I don't think Dan and Matt would be able to remember it from being a child. I think it was probably...
0: No, references oh. uh, later yeah. on, I think, uh, looking back on bits and pieces. But another about of <laughs> the Riverbank. Dan, you've been quite fairly quiet, so if I waiting for your moment. Crichton.
3: I think, yeah, bearing in mind, we've just come from watching The Last Day, which was a very, very Crichton-heavy episode. And we all said, you know, crichtons he did really well. He's moved on. And, and as Matty said, he's taken it to yet another level in, in what for us is the next episode. Obviously, back in the day, we'd have had to wait a year. Um, but he really had. And I think that he, he, he carried the episode, whereas in the last uh, episode in on the last day, you know, it was about him, but it was still very much, I think, focused on how that was being seen by everybody else. This we, we saw an awful lot of what was going on in this episode through Crichton's eyes, if you like. Mm. Um very lovely eyes, obviously, uh, as, as as Camille said. Um but we we see a lot of it through his eyes. So he's no longer just interpreting it for the other characters. It is really genuinely about him. And I thought the the bit where well what gives rise to Smee heed? Um, Lister's attempt to break Crichton's programming. So he's he's often said, "Oh, come on, you know, what do you like to do?" You know, he's, he's often tried to get him to to do stuff. But this was a a proper process of trying to break the programming. And I and you know I, I look forward to potentially seeing Crichton able now to move on even more because now he 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 can choose to make his own decisions um as he does when rimmer gives him a direct order and he he goes directly against it which is uh, you know a really nice illustration of how far he's come.
0: Mm, I agree. Yeah, but that, that I mean this make it's the holding up of the two cards isn't it It's just the edge yeah. a little bit of, <laughs> of special genius in that in that scene. <laughs> I mean that it's just a great scene all round really from the female aardvark and the It's a-
1: it's a, it's a small off-duty Czechoslovakian traffic warden.
2: <laughs> that was
0: one of my favourites. <laughs> uh, I mean, it was just, it's just a really great start, mirroring the great Flintstone start from Series Three in a way. Mm. It just started off with a really strong thing. But, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, even just looking at the episode, it, it felt as though it felt like a new series, didn't it? And, um, and that there were, I don't know how many other changes there were. Did you notice any other changes, Matt? I mean, Crichton, um, yes, upper level, much more comedy for him. Um,
2: well, I actually would like to just go back to something you have just, just said. This was not supposed to be the first episode. It was shown, I think, around Valentine's Day, and they uh, they thought it would be good for sort of romance purposes. So the showing of the, the fourth series was delayed. And two of the episodes that were supposed to, going to, supposed to be the, either of the first two episodes were moved to later in the series because I think it was something to do with Gulf War tensions at the time. And what I think was is that they thought it might be a little provocative or maybe insensitive. So that's why they moved those to later in the series. That's still showed them anyway. Like, would I guess we'll a, see what a, 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 they a, a are. Six weeks. <clears throat>
0: Yeah, well, when, we, when we get yeah. to them, when we get to them, we can uh, come back to that um, fact, can't we, and have a think about it then, possibly.
2: Yeah, so this certainly was not the first planned episode. I think it was supposed to be third or fourth.
0: Mm. So, so it did seem a bit weird starting off with the Crichton one. Not a big problem, I don't think, but it did seem. Oh, weird. Oh
2: no, not at all. Not at all. It was it. Um, it was really funny, and it does show, I suppose, a good level of continuity from the last episode of series three. Um, showing that Crichton is, a, is becoming a bit more of a comedic
0: tour de force. It's an
1: It's an It's an orange. Go on, say it. It's an orange. This is an orange.
0: Well, well, obviously, we uh, our job here is to pick up on those things and see if those things do follow through. But we have Lister's new hat. That was a change I noticed. <laughs> 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 Just a slight feel. Cats' costumes seem... More exuberant, well, at least the one later on mm. does. Um, and Rimmer had curlier hair. <laughs>
1: That's the first thing. I thought the um, I thought their set was uh
0: changed around a little bit again, possibly. Yeah, it seemed seem a little different.
3: Yeah, like they I had the sort of different bits of the ship, or at least from different angles, and some of it seemed darker, um, yeah, in terms of it was lit slightly differently so when they're in the recesses of the uh, of the of the of the ship for example then it it felt like that
2: a little bit more it would have been lit differently um it's a different but, different studio again probably. this
0: time oh yeah yeah i mean it's a production thing as much as just getting more confident and you know tv was changing around that time as well to be honest wasn't it i mean the, the, these things do evolve so before we chat about anyone else let, let's have a quick round of Moment of the week for you. What what's a, a fun thing for you this week, Matty? Let's go to you first.
1: Um, the the thing is, it's the Smee. That that was the bit for me. I can't. The thing <laughs> is, how can you? I'll not ask what your favourite bit is and not expect that no, to be okay, the answer. Okay,
0: I'm sorry. I mean, it was like <laughs> the way back in series two when I said, oh, well, apart from that bit, which has got to be our favourite bit, right? The Holly moment in in um, uh, Queeg, I think it was. Yeah, the Smekhead one is the, the, obviously is a standout. Any other thing we can mention at this point? Um, What's a standout apart from that?
1: Um, I think the line that I wrote down is, it's the old story, droid meets droid, droid becomes chameleon, droid be- loses chameleon, chameleon turns into blob, droid gets blob back again, blob meets blob, blob goes off with blob, loses blob, chameleon and droid. How many times
2: have we heard that story? <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you wrote that down. I d I didn't write that down. I couldn't be bothered. You know, so I'm glad that was the one I,
0: I didn't bother to write down I, thought, I oh, did. Someone else, someone else to say I said. Matt I had that. Go on then, Matt. Give us one.
2: Um very little. There are quite a few, but this this one um we've we've said a couple of the others, but it was when Camille had showed her true form and Crichton's trying to protect her feelings and and asks her out to pa- a parrot bar and G deck and she says,
0: Ooh, flats on heels. <laughs> Do you think he was protecting her feelings?
2: Well, he just he discovered how to lie, and he discovered obviously to how to tell white lies. People's feelings. Yeah, I feelings. mean
0: that's why it's, that's why it's interesting. I I I don't know if he actually was lying here or not. I mean, obviously that's in the air that he could be lying, and it leads up to the Casablanca moment at the end about <laughs> the lying and stuff, doesn't it? But um, yeah. But um, was he lying when he turns around and he goes, "Oh no, I think you're really, really nice," you know?
1: <laughs> she looks like something that dropped out of the Sphinx's nose.
0: You know. <laughs> I don't know if he was actually lying there. I think he was. Dan, what do you think? Was he lying there? <laughs> I,
2: yes, I think he was.
0: Smig Hey!
3: Um, but I suppose it's interesting to wonder how he makes the distinction between when he turns around and tells Hudson that Silicon Heaven doesn't exist and he says he knew he was bluffing. Well, he mm-hmm. said something that wasn't true. Now, what's the difference? Does he, say,
0: does he say he was bluffing in the last episode? Yeah, yeah, no, I
3: was bluffing. Yeah,
0: I've remembered it as lying. Mm. Well, if, that's, not, that's fine. If it's bluffing, if it's bluffing, it's bluffing. If, if it's bluffing, it's bluffing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just a. Uh, what changes ahead? Yeah. Well, I knew something he didn't. I knew I was lying. <laughs> <laughs> Those who can have a posters.
3: In this episode, I think that, uh, you know, Crichton does have the lion's share of the best lines. My, I had a few that I jotted down that were that were goodies from him. Uh, I think probably one of my favourites was uh, when he's taking Camille back to Starbuck and he goes, oh, you must meet my ship- shipmates. You'll like them. Well, some of them. Well, one of them, maybe. <laughs> that was a good line. Uh, it was a good line. Very well done, I thought.
0: <laughs> it does annoy me when you say these quotes that I've already... Made a soundbite for. It's it's, it's it's a a dilemma. It's a dilemma whether to use it or not.
2: You can dub him over.
0: Well, sometimes I use both. Sometimes I just put them out of context later on. (laughs) (laughs) I'll just choose one. You know, they they call me Duke. (laughs) (laughs) Just continuing on from the iron balls from last season stuff. Just that. I mean, Rimmer wasn't in this loads, but there's a couple of great Rimmer moments. Uh, Yeah, I, I like Duke. That's funny he rimmer went to pieces a bit
3: didn't he when he uh when he finally thought there was someone he was you know who was interested but was another hologram so all the all the normal barriers for rimmer weren't there i, I mean i loved the call me Duke line but for, for how it went on you know i will mm, but, mm. But don't call me Duke in front of the others uh, sometimes they don't they might even forget that they call me Duke, you know. <laughs> he can't exactly. help himself and then he's like actually i don't want i don't want this to go horribly wrong so actually don't because obviously thinking back to episode two Lister was straight in with, oh, oh, by the way, Ace here you know, is incredibly, <laughs> incredibly brave. You know? So he didn't want that to happen. I admitted to being rubbish at exams. I thought it was, you know, he, he didn't want to spoil it. I thought it was really quite sweet.
2: He may but have I... had less to do, but he had some corkers. Yeah. You mm. know, the... Um...
3: Well, thank you. No one's ever said I was charming before. They've said, Rimmer, you're a total git. and
2: um when he was having a go at Crichton when they were sort of being competitive about Camille and he said you look like a giant half-tude rubber
0: tip pencil Mm, fantastic I mean but it's interesting seeing all their partners in this isn't it I mean that was meant to be Kachansky apparently in the credits it called Kachansky Camille for Lister obviously really not Kaczynski. He doesn't even re- refer to her as Kachansky or in that particular way. So I don't know why they went down that naming route in the credits. I probably Do we ignore said, that? <clears throat> at the lunch break again.
1: Ah, <laughs> well. Well. It's funny that you should mention that, Matt, because I'll spin my it? spin my knuckle nuts and send me to Alaska because I got a fact <laughs> for that one. <laughs> Crichton's ideal partner. Is played by Robert Lewin's then girlfriend, who's now his wife, Indeed. Judy Pasco. Um,
0: Damn it! I forgot to beat you to that fact. I was yeah. going to mention it earlier on, While so Lister- you didn't say it. <laughs> While Listers is
1: played by Craig Charles's then girlfriend, Suzanne Ratigan. Ratigan. Oh,
2: Ratigan. R- Ratigan.
0: Yeah. And
2: it. you all will have heard of Suzanne Ratigan because, and you will have heard her voice. Mm-hmm. Billions of times, mm. because she was one of pwl Stock Aitken Waterman's backing vocalists. Yeah. She actually left. She'd left them at the time, but her backing vocals are, are heard are oh, "Never Gonna Give You Up" by Rick Astley and "I Should Be So Lucky" by Kylie. There you go. There you Pop fact.
3: Pop Hall, fact. Series four, episode one, as the high point of
0: her career. But you don't know them. You're like them. Well, some of them. Well. One of them. Maybe. So yeah, so we get this K- Kachansky um, that isn't really, it doesn't feel like Kachansky to me um, and it's not really referenced, but they call it that. Um, interestingly, Rimmer's Camille looks like his sister-in-law Janine, exactly, a spitting image of her, so what does that say <laughs> about Rimmer? Well, it says he, he covets- his sister-in-law. He covets. Yeah,
2: the, um, the bit with Lister and um, Listers, Camille. Let's not call it a chance. He pretends he's a surgeon. I've seen every episode of St. Elsewhere*. Now that took me back. Do you remember, does anybody remember St. Elsewhere*? I mean, I think you um, know only one as a name. I never watched yeah, it. Yeah, I never no.
0: watched it. Bit too oh. old for me. But yeah, I, I think um, I, uh, yeah, it was coming in as as a playful joke. Really, yes, it's maybe a little bit forward. But then, where the laugh's going to be?
2: He did have a great line there when he said, we've got to rebuild the human race, lie, lie back, relax, and I'll go and slip into my Spider-Man costume.
3: <laughs> That's going to work. The whole Doctor Gambit didn't work, but she's definitely going to go for Spider-Man.
0: You've got to be completely professional about this, totally clinical and unemotional. So just lie back, relax, and I'll go and slip into my Spider-Man costume. <laughs> so,
1: uh, another thing that did make me laugh as well is that Cat's um, ideal person with himself was himself.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, it's, it's the... Obvious, but had to do it. Joke, isn't it? Really? See, I wasn't <laughs> expecting that, that, but no oh, I was
3: annoyed that once I saw him wearing that outfit, I remembered that that was in the credit sequence at the start, and that was an, and that was annoying. Whereas we remarked mm. it in series mm. three when they when they started that approach to to, to the credit sequence, um, and I didn't find it spoiled the polymorph bit, even though we see the polymorph exploding, which is the end of polymorph that didn't spoil it. Whereas this sort of gave away the joke. That was, a, that was a punchline to a joke they gave away as opposed to just what happens to one of the you know rubber blobs that they use yeah, in, the,
0: yeah. in the thing. I know, it, but, it is annoying. It, it's, it's, I, to my mind, it, it's silly, especially when there's other things you can use. You don't have to use it. Yeah, it's a funny moment. Oh, there's two cats, why? But it's coming up in, you know, 15 minutes. Yeah.
2: There was another um, annoying, but they had to do it joke with um, Crichton and... Camille, oh, what's that fragrance? WD forty. <laughs> I, I, I was actually saying it before they said
0: it on the um, on the program. The way the light catches the angles in your head, it's enchanting. So Matt, Matt did you write down? Because I did this week. Did you write down the how to say, "I love you"? Z eight hundred twelve using the hex rather than the binary conversion or something.
2: That would be in the negative.
0: No, when well, it was. The, no, I, I didn't. E- I e5 nine, O eight, 8 o8 b7 u. Well done. Yes, yeah, that's yeah. what he said. Yes, and
2: yeah. I, yeah. I couldn't be bothered to write that down. <laughs> I did like the um, Camille is the four thousand GTI. Again, a nice <laughs> sort of like late eighties, early nineties car reference <laughs>
0: um,
2: with back, sunroof head.
0: <laughs> so th- this goes goes back to what we sort of uh, we were starting to talk about. You know, with Crichton lying and stuff. Obviously, they see what they find attractive so obviously Crichton is attracted to her the way the sort of light falls off her angular shaped head and the sunroof and stuff like that so so yes so he does see what is attractive to him and so possibly he is lying when she turns into a blob but they do still pursue the relationship he does still take her out there's there's hurting someone's feelings or protecting someone's feelings but they did then pursue a relationship and he seemed perfectly content I mean obviously theme of the week with the lying and the sort of like judging a book by its cover—not really judging a book by its cover—but beauty is within type scenario, mm-hmm. isn't it? For me, that was slightly rushed towards the end. Is that age-old problem we get with Red Dwarf now? Is you get a great setup, all the jokes, and in the last five minutes is is quite rushed. I think that was one of my main problems with this episode. Again, problem is a harsh word for an episode that I really enjoyed and laughed a lot at. But yeah, story wise, it came to a conclusion very quickly. Although it tied in nicely to what had been being said before. Hmm. Dan, well, it was almost
3: a mirror of the uh of the last day, wasn't it? Because you yeah. have them assembling on the uh on the departure deck again and, you know, what's happening to Crichton and and somehow they get out of it and they get out of it fairly rapidly. But uh no, I think it was they'd got what they were going to get from it, I think. And then they, and then they wrapped it up and move on to the next week. It was more a classic sitcom where it doesn't, do not necessarily need to be an arc. That was that episode and tune in next week for whatever these crazy guys are going to get up to.
0: <laughs> yeah. But unfortunately I, it did feel slightly badly paced in that respect. Yeah. yeah not a big deal, but that, that's, that's the feeling I got at the end after such a, a good start to the episode. Um, now, I'm going to go back to my other big complaint, which I'm going to have to come to terms with, I think, now, is the Holly problem. Um, yeah. we, we talked about this in our wrap up episode, and episodes gone. It, it's clearly now a thing. They're not bothering with Holly now. Now, stuff does come up with Holly still, but basically, on, on a week to week basis, it's clear, nah, we've got this computer there. We better give her a couple of lines.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, like she picked up the distressed uh, beacon. Of the decaying planet, which would explode in, in two hours. And then you didn't see her for ages. Yeah. And that wasn't, that was just a line. It wasn't particularly funny. And then it was the next time you did see her, it's once they've all met their Camille's and they've realized what's going on. And it's like, well, did you see anything? Oh, I don't have desires either that or my screen was foggy.
0: Well, clearly yeah. she does have desires unless it's changed because Holly fell in love with Hilly and changed himself into her. I know it's just a throwaway thing in a sitcom, but it's just she it does have desires, and uh, yeah, it's just disappointing, it really. To, yeah,
3: I, I to... think you're right. I think wait, you're right. There are probably um, some moments ahead, but you know, I think we might be um, we might be waiting fairly uh, thanklessly for uh, for Holly to get an episode, you know, for us to get character development in the way that we did in the first couple of series with with old Holly.
0: Well, it's not even character development, it's funny stuff, isn't it? Now, there's just one too many characters to share the stuff around. I mean, a cat line, which I really liked. Nice!
1: She looks like something that dropped out of the Sphinx's nose!
0: Great line from the cat, but it's almost something, you know, the old holly would have cropped up and said inadvertently, sort of without any tact. That could have been a good holly line, couldn't it, in in some Mm. ways? I mean, any line could be a good holly line, it's just a so funny line, really, but too much to share around and and I think uh it's something I can't go on about every week now but it is it's just a bit of a shame and, and in my memory as well there's so much more so much more of a presence which is is not the case I'm sort of yeah sort of this is the thing
2: is, as as I said before I remember her a lot more maybe maybe that will be coming you know but we've had a she's been there for a whole series and has had a few funny moments and and not very much and then Pretty much nothing in this last episode.
0: But then, you like say. you said, this wasn't in order. I mean, it felt like new series, no Holly, almost. Um, but as you said, if it's out of order, maybe it was just an episode they decided not to write much because of stuff in, stuff in other episodes. Uh, yeah, yeah that's but anyway, that, that's, that's my weekly Holly moan out of the way now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the um, Camille, the the Gelf, once she's turned into her actual green blob form, was very Doctor Who alien kind of thing, monster uh, type thing. Uh,
0: what do you mean, very Doctor Who alien?
2: Well, it was. It was very sort of like BBC lo-fi alien type thing, and a cross between um, something that you would see in a in an early episode of Doctor Who, and one of those things that you that lived outside in Fraggle Rock that was trying to was trying to eat the Fraggles, the Gorp. <laughs>
0: Like well, right, insult- I think you're being very insulting. I think you're being very insulting to a classic BBC sci-fi oh, series, and we should. Move oh, on. chill
2: your boots!
0: <laughs> who is, is world famous for rubbish aliens for a whole no no no, no.
3: runtime? Get <laughs> no. over it.
2: Let's face yes, it. Yes, it's not. It's not sacrosanct. We're not broached the tomb of the forbidden subject.
1: <laughs> but it's like, let's face it it's like the daleks are like this big thing but if you actually look at it the daleks are not really that impressive they just over the years have just been so well known i think it's the same sort of situation here i think
2: we might be going too far i
1: know i can just see matt slowly
2: getting
1: look complex
2: complexion's matching complexion's matching my top For me, the it was it was
3: uh, apart from the fact that uh, 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 a question: if this is a genetically engineered life form and it's got the ability to change shape, why is its natural state a snot-filled dustbin? Like, could you not <laughs> could could you not have genetically engineered it to be less of a rubbish shape? But anyway, yeah. um, parking that. Um, yes, I, I thought it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't great, but. You know, it was, it was, it made it funny. There were jokes.
0: It ended. was great. It was great because it was funny. I mean, that, that was, yeah. that's what made it great. <laughs> that's what made it yeah,
2: great. Who, really. who doesn't want to see a Snotfield, um, Duspin do disco dancing?
0: I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we saw, we saw Crichton's dancing last episode. Yeah. He, he built upon <laughs> that here. It was, it was a great moment. I mean, I mean I mu- I must admit, the, um, I don't know how up on Casablanca you guys are. Obviously, you know, some certain phrases, but it took me a while to, to, to key into the fact I was going why why would they have a parrot bar on um <laughs> on red it dwarf in... on parrots. <laughs> yeah it, it, we'll it, always have parrots yeah we'll always have parrots it yeah. was absolutely worth it <laughs> I know <Certainly>. but <laughs> it was funny <laughs> well
3: where else would you go for a discreet tetar tentacle <laughs>
0: oh <laughs> uh, dear I, I, another development I think we do have with Rimmer I, I think this is this is around the time British Empire must have oh. started with um, Chris Barry oh dear um, so, so things were developing one way here or there but he def- is this, this sort of the first time we've had the sort of facial expression that Chris Barry gave when he was sort of a uh, <laughs> yes,
2: Brita's yeah. face. Brita's face. Yeah, Look. yeah.
0: Brita's face. Were they? We're seeing. What he said. What he said screen. When he said, when he
2: said uh, "Was it uh, ciao for now?" And he kind of goes, "Yeah." Does the face exactly? Yeah. I was game like, I face. was going to say, I was going to say that, and I thought everyone will go, "Oh no, that was yeah, Brita." No,
0: definitely. No, definitely, my God. Brita's face. Yeah. So definitely one came before the other. I don't know which way round it was, but, oh, but uh, yeah.
2: yeah, Red Dwarf was definitely first.
0: But there's, there's, they're definitely building on Rimmer even more than before because we've had a few boring things from Rimmer, haven't we, about war and doing stuff. But the Telegraph pole collection from the 20th century and Reggie Wilson and stuff, yeah, they've not really been mentioned too much, but they're going to hell for leather on these now, really getting how awful he is.
3: In, tr- the, in the week that we're recording this, first episode of the British Empire was broadcast 30 years ago yesterday.
0: Oh, no way. No oh, wow. Yeah.
2: <laughs> uh,
0: did you ever see British Empire, Matty?
2: No. Leisure Centre leisure center hijinks.
0: Oh, Julie, I think my wife would appreciate it if you took her down to the cafeteria and bought her a cup of coffee and a donut.
2: And <laughs> um, Chris, Chris Barry was, mis- was Mr. Britus. He was the, um, the manager oh okay
1: I, I i know of it but i didn't i've never seen it so i was gonna say there's a streak of rimmer in
3: mr british to be fair
0: oh definitely definitely but i mean i was reading up today and some, some people say it's all a forerunner of the office not that it's quite the same but it's that sort of bad boss thing isn't it really but, um...
3: set in a workplace before the office was done so on that basis it is a forerunner to the office but i think that's probably <laughs> the limit mr Brittas.
0: <laughs> <laughs> mr british, mr. british. Uh, but but yeah, I, I love the, I love the let's call it the British face, a nice little addition to the arsenal of Rimmer, really. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so more theme, more themes I've got here. Human qualities, lying, cheating, being sarcastic, are good human qualities. Lister says uh, they're the ones that Crichton admires the most. Now on a on a serious subject, how do we feel about that? Are, are they good qualities? <laughs> I'm gonna go, well. I'll go to, yeah, I'm gonna go to you first, Dan, because you spoke.
3: But they round out the person, don't they? As, as as Lister said, and as Crichton demonstrated, I think you know, they allow you to interact in in, in more in ways in in nuanced ways, it's sensitive to a situation. Just constantly blurting out the truth inappropriately, which is perhaps something that we talked about before. Holly might say it, uh, you know, and in, in, in earlier episodes, Crichton has said things you know about Rimmer's mum, and then oh oh sir oh sir. He's a he's able now to interact better, and um, apart from that, it's funny.
0: Matty, what do you reckon? Lying.
1: Um, I mean, I'm personally, I'm I'm not a fan of lying. You know, I sit here in my 17 bedroom mansion, and I think you know that lying maybe isn't the best thing. <laughs> I mean, a lie. Let's face it, lying is one of those things that all humans have done, whether it be a white lie or just a lie. Lie. I wouldn't say it's something. Uh, to be admired in any way but sometimes a lie is going to be necessary but from
3: a, yeah. from a android's perspective is it i mean i know we like to touch on other um franchises data in <laughs> star trek next generation very much wants emotion and things that as an android he can't have it's a, the idea that a mechanoid wants to be more human and from Crichton's perspective he sees more human as being, you know, having those vices. And mm. where's he getting that from? Lister, who lies. River, who lies, and the cat, who is hugely vain and probably lies. So those if those are his influences, yes, if he wants to be more human, why not admire those? Those are the things he hasn't got. Mm. Yeah. Very well put. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> he
0: he was lying. <laughs> Yeah, I know, but I'll take
3: it. See, it works <laughs> in this situation. It works. It's a white lie, but it makes me feel better.
0: I mean, obviously, we perform on stage quite a lot and we hear lies all the time, don't we? That was really good. Yeah, it was a great performance. Well, <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, while we're on that note, Matt, you are a fantastic director. I just have to say. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Moving on. So, um, have you seen, has everyone seen Casablanca out of interest? It's all sort of
2: assumed. Years ago.
0: Yeah I mean the pro- the program is now 930 years old um if Casablanca was old then it's it's sort of making an assumption you've seen it otherwise if you haven't and you don't know about it obviously it loses a little bit from the episode doesn't it yeah I've seen it once or twice dan you've seen casablanca
3: do you know what I don't I haven't seen all of it but I've seen enough of it and I'm aware of it enough it's a cultural hmm. touchstone that I knew the bits they were referencing I know the general storyline and most people, if they've only seen a bit of it, have seen, you know, the the gin joint bit. And they've seen the bit um, at the airport where he's saying, look, you need to leave. We've got we'll always have parrots in this case. And, um, you know, you'll you'll be better off going. So I think people are aware of that. I think it works. It's not as if it needed. Uh, detail
0: i think it i definitely do i mean 30 years ago definitely and i don't i don't actually like to keep going on about matty being a bit younger but as the time goes on these things do recede don't they like as things are receding time, for us yeah <laughs> as time as goes time by time goes by is your awareness your of casablanca an, enough to get the references in this matty well
1: it's funny because i've never seen like the clips from casablanca and i haven't seen the film either
0: <laughs> but you were in, you were in the show. Oh, no, that was Cobra Cabana.
2: <laughs> I mean, potato, it's potato, it's right? One those, it's one of those classic things. You don't need to see the actual... You know, some of the things that are, are quoted so much, maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, play it again, Sam, or, you know... Um, is that where the, um, frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn comes from? No, that is it's Gone, that's gone, with, gone the with the Wind. Okay, that was it. Oh,
0: Which I... Yeah, but the not- thing
2: is... See, but you, but for the same token, you are aware of that quote, yeah. not that it was the Actually, right film. Funny but, enough, we know. did
0: have a quiz the other night that Dan was taking... I, I ran the quiz, and I had a Casablanca question, didn't I? And I think you got half a point for saying Rick has the answer. I think so, yeah. <laughs> That's <Yep>. relevant. Um, <laughs> I'm, I mean, it's a good film, I recommend People do watch it, I suppose. I mean, it is it is a classic, and it's a classic. It is, it's still a good film. But Crichton's seen it a thousand times. He must have seen it a thousand times. Now that's got to be a lie. I, I, the reference I I didn't get was the ugly actor reference. Carl Molden.
3: No, I didn't. get I thought it at the time. I thought, who's that?
0: So yeah, I, I looked it up. I, I didn't know the actor, but he was in a streetcar named Desire, that famous film, and on the waterfront with Marlon Brando. So I. How well known he is for those, I'm not sure. But Danny was in an episode of The West Wing, apparently. Was he indeed? And I know. in season one, yeah. And you didn't know him. Can't believe it. Couldn't place him. Couldn't place him. Hmm. Anyway, that so that joke didn't work for me because I didn't know who he was. And I, it, it's it always it's one of those things when you when you don't know it, it's hard to know how many other people.
2: It's just like the conversation we're having when we say to Matthew, you know, you wouldn't know this because you weren't, you know, alive. It's maybe it's it's too old for us older yeah. ones you guys weren't case. alive
0: either well, no, no 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 exactly so it fell fell flat for that reason um anything else that, that fell flat we've mentioned a few negatives um anything else you want us to pull out before we move on and wrap up for the day i can't think of anything more negative No, um, not massively, no. no. I, I didn't i didn't think the hamster grams line was that great after the uh hammy hamster bit particularly that seemed a bit weak to me
2: I find it quite disturbing to imagine it as well. You know.
0: <laughs> I don't, I'm not quite sure what was referring to. I mean, the ultimate humiliation went to hamstergrams. Didn't, um, didn't get it. <laughs> oh, oh, the, oh, there's a couple of other things to talk about before. Before I go on to a final round of happy thoughts, and uh, there's one or two I, other sort of like sort of situational things that sometimes we mention, sometimes we just hand wave away. Obviously, if Rimmer, if we found another hologram, there's the whole issue of whether, whether we could support another hologram. I know we've talked about that before, but that's, that came up. But why is Rimmer concerned when they go to a planet and it's about to blow up or something? Because wouldn't his hologram still be available on Red Dwarf?
3: I, I assume on a technical point, yes, it would. But then his character is a coward and looks to defend itself. Last episode we watched Hudson. He was terrified of being shot. Well, he doesn't need to be terrified of being shot. He's a hologram. Then he feels safe, and he and he wades straight in. So I think it, I, I don't think it was based on the technical law. I think it was he is a coward. Therefore, he's going to behave in a cowardly fashion.
0: I know, so we have to add wave because of what we always say, just to move it along. And it just it just struck me there were two things within this episode to do with holograms. You know, taking a hologram back to the ship, and plus the fact that he could it back anyway but anyway that's that's uh i just wanted to mention it um we had more modes we had stair mode i mean what cancel stair mode that's a mode is it yeah <laughs> camille said cancel stair mode <laughs> a programmed mode in the droid stare <laughs> <mode>. anyway <laughs> let's do let's do that last round of happy thoughts happy i'm gonna go thought. to you first matt
2: Rimmer with Crichton's flipped and he's uh He's gone to rescue a survivor. He's got mad droids disease. He called a banana a female Arc. That was a good one.
3: I just I thought there was some nice there was nice interplay between Crichton and, uh, and Camille, and we've talked about some of it. But uh, you know, she thanked him from the very bottom of of a rehydration unit and and he thought she must think he's as stupid as a photocopier and I just thought they were ways that they were talking to each other in ways that they followed and understood so other machines um, for example so they were you know they were particularly worried in uh, in in previous episodes about where the calculators would go but clearly there's a hierarchy in uh, in machines and photocopiers Hmm. are, are close to the bottom of it
0: yeah, it's interesting it, it's that sort of like um, there's so much in that Pleasure Girl technology, isn't there? Really been at being able to read what they want and basically can read their minds, can't they? Because, mm. you know, the way they communicate with each other. So there's a lot, a lot of underlying difficult sci-fi concepts which we, we need not think about too much. Mm. <laughs> Matty. No, no. I,
1: I think it's. I think I've covered. We've covered every, pretty much everything. Well, I've got written down on my notes. It was just. It was. A, it was a good. It was a good episode. I'm again looking forward to the next one after reading the description.
0: Well, I can tell you from this point out. Don't say it, 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 it. Don't <laughs> say it.
2: You just don't seem to learn, do you? <laughs> the only other thing.
0: The only other thing. I don't know if we mentioned it now. Not when um, Crichton's- Talking to Rimmer about finding Camille attractive. Is that, would you find me attractive? You, of course not. I think it looked like a giant, half chewed, rubber tipped pencil. <laughs> uh, dear, what she she was a, she, was a a she in some kind of horrific car accident? <laughs> yeah, she
3: was a model. What did she model? Spark plugs? Yeah. I, that, that, <laughs> but again, that's that's Crichton now can bounce off uh, yeah. other characters as opposed to just say the mechanoidy thing. Uh, which which change and you know the other bit about him breaking the, his programming is that you know he can now be an ally for Lister in um, in winding up Rimmer which of course is let's not forget the entire purpose of this sitcom it's just now yes. more, more characters who are going to wind up Rimmer
0: it'll be interesting to see how much the, the lying and the stuff does play into future episodes um, now we know it's out of order so there'll be a couple that won't but but to see how that plays out but definitely a a strong start to the series i think um some interesting changes but a lot of good strong stuff in it what did you
1: see oh just some gorgeous chunk of loveliness come on what did you see (laughs) oh what
2: about it what did you see
1: my legs are still shaking (laughs) someone get me a brandy
0: (laughs) yeah we should definitely uh, finish our conversation about the episode there and uh, say a cheery farewell to our listeners cheery farewell everyone adios
2: spin my nipple nuts and send me to alaska <laughs> uh,
0: no oh! no is it august is it august is it no august